Hi, um, I'm Kelly Penny and this morning I'm just going to do a wee bit of a sharing about James chapter 1 verses 2 to 4. So really, I mean, we're in trouble times at the moment. It can be quite easy to think that we've suddenly stepped back into some horrible happenings and that the whole world is falling apart. The reality is, is the quick glance at history tells us that the world's always been full of troubles and will continue to be so. Our Bibles are filled with huge numbers of troubles. You don't have to read very far in the scripture to find horrible stories. Terrible stuff has always happened, and it will always happen. There's a verse in John 16, verse 33, where the Lord says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. So in this verse, he was talking about um, that he was going to go, and he's, um, that all these hard things are going to happen. He's going to the Father, but the Spirit will come, and he's reassuring them. You know, so the first reminder we have here for today is that in God, in Christ, we have peace. And I've heard it said um, that we should live like we are a thermometer, not live like we are a thermometer, but a thermostat. Because if we're living in this world and we're going to change temperature emotionally up and down based on whatever the external circumstances are, well, that's just a really hard way to live. But we know that in Christ, in Jesus, we will have peace. He says, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. This is a different type of peace. This is not a peace that sits in circumstances. This is a peace that sits in God. And then he says, in this world, you will have trouble. So even Jesus has told us, you will have trouble. This hardship we see around us, all these, um, these troubles and hard times that we see, Jesus told, expect this. That's what he said to us, expect this. In this world, you will have troubles. But, and this is what I love, but take heart or have courage before I have overcome the world. This is one of my favourite scriptures. Take heart, I have overcome the world. Yes, we will have trouble, but Jesus wants us to keep courage because he has overcome the world. He has already overcome the world and by resting in him, we can find peace. The verses I really want to tease apart today are James 1 verses 2 to 4. And I, I just really love how dense the Bible is. It's just these, these never-ending layers. We could pull this back, each, just these few verses indefinitely and never reach the bottom of it, never fully exhaust all that God could speak to us. But today I'm just going to look at a few little bits. So James 2, um, James 1, verses 2 to 4. I'm going to start by reading the whole thing and then I'll break it down. So, <coughs> sorry. From verse 2, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So, what a crazy thing to read, right? Basically, when bad stuff happens, be happy about it. Is that the just forget here? That when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for joy. Okay, that's not an easy thing. That can sound a bit crazy. So let's move forward and break this down a little bit. Here's the first bit. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. This here is an instruction to think differently. It's saying that it's not the event that's causing the problem. Rather, it's our thinking about the event. It's not the trouble, but it's what we're considering about the trouble. So we can look at things and we can say, here is this terrible thing that's happening, and it's only terrible, and here's all the horrible things. All right? Or we could say, 
I wonder what the opportunities here are. I wonder what hope there is in the situation. I wonder what amazing things God's going to do. And instead of imagining the worst cases, we can start imagining all the amazing possibilities that there are out there that God can come through in. When you start to shift your vision and your mind like this, which is basically what James is instructing us to do, consider it joy, we can see different results happening on the inside of us. If you've heard of cognitive behavioural therapy, or CBT, this is the idea that you have a horrible feeling, say anxiety, but that that feeling's not there on your own. That, it, that feeling is there because of a thought you had. So we have an event that triggers some thoughts and thinking, which triggers emotions, right? So if we change the way we're thinking about the event, which I'm not saying that's easy, but if we change our thinking, we can change how we feel about the event to the point that we can say, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. This is James's challenge to us, to think differently. So in Peter, we see a way of dealing with our anxieties. In 1 Peter 5 verses 6 to 7, God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And this goes back to the verse that I started with too, about peace. That I've told you this so you can have peace. Peace in Christ. And this is the same thing. You cast your anxiety on Christ. But as you humble yourself, you can cast your anxiety onto Christ. Okay? So there's more in this theme in Isaiah 29 verse 19. It says, The humble will be filled with fresh joy from the Lord. How good does that sound? Not just joy, fresh joy. Earlier in the chapter in Isaiah 29, we see that the people who are humbled. In Isaiah 29 verse 13, it says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They hadn't unimpulled themselves under Christ, or God. We have peace in Christ, not without Christ. So we must humble ourselves to bring ourselves in under Christ. And later in verse 16, it says, You turn things upside down, as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, You did not make me. Can the pot say to the potter, You know nothing. God uses these events that are happening around us to shape us. And these things are not just happening to us, but they're happening for us. This is a part of thinking differently, right? God is using these events to shape and mould us. He is the potter. How can we as the clay say, Lord, how dare you? God knows what he is doing and he is sovereign. We can't say, God, you know nothing. Our peace is in humbling ourselves and in sitting under God to experience God and experience his peace. As we humble ourselves under God and we give it back to God, as we cast our anxieties on him, as we choose to think differently about the event, we do as James instructs. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. These troubles are an opportunity that are happening for us, that God is still shaping us as the pot. And if we humble ourselves and allow him to do the shaping, we will find peace as we learn to think about things differently. And I will put it to you that we might even find joy. So onward into verse 3. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So note here, troubles test our faith. If you've got this trouble, 
it's going to test your faith. And no one goes, oh, praise good God, here comes trouble. Oh, no, wait. What was that verse 2 again? When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Okay, so not without first having endured sufficient trouble to know from experience, perhaps like James here, that there is actually joy on the other side. But it's going to test your faith. If the troubles you've had in, in your life didn't test your faith, didn't make you question your whole belief system of, is God good? Does he love me? Will he protect me? What's going to happen? Then the troubles probably weren't big enough. And you're going to have some of these at some point. But these troubles, they're good. Because they're an opportunity. Because we have a good God who is working all things together for the good of those who love him. And yes, you are a person, a person who loves God. You're not excluded, even when you're grumbling, scared and acting out or angry at him. My kids get angry at me in situations that I sometimes allow, but I know that they still love me. And we can trust that he can do this because we know he is sovereign. We can have joy because when your faith is tested, you'll have a chance to develop endurance. And that's going to lead to trust and that's going to lead to peace. As endurance grows, we become less like a thermometer, dictated to by the world, tossed about by the storms, and more like a person, like Jesus, who walked on the water through the storm. So let's put these two verses so far back together. We have, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let's change our thinking. That's the challenge that James is throwing out here. So let's have a look, look at verse 4. It says, let it grow. Endurance, that is. Let it grow. That infers to me that we can choose not to, too. We can choose to say, I will not change my thinking to align with scripture. I will not humble myself to find joy, and I will not let my endurance grow. I'm just going to stay stuck right here. We can choose that. And God gives us the freedom to choose that. But if I step back and look at it objectively, I don't really want to stay stuck. In Isaiah 7 verse 14, it says, They do not cry out to me from their hearts, but wail on their beds. They do not turn to the Most High. We can fight it. We can lie on the couch wailing about how terrible and how horrible it is. And I've done more than my fair share of that, so you know, no, no judgment here. But if we stay there, if we stay stuck complaining and wailing, and we don't cry out genuinely to God and cry out from our hearts, we don't turn to the Most High in these times, then we'll find that we won't let it grow and we will stay stuck here in fear and pain up over our head in troubles. And God doesn't want that for us either. We need to move past the initial part of the experience and shift it back to God to do what it says in Peter, to cast your anxieties, cast your anxieties on him. And I mean, look here, we're talking Peter, Paul and James. I mean, these guys, they really know their stuff. These guys, they sat with Jesus and they're all saying the same things. They're saying, humble yourself, cast your anxieties on God, grow your endurance because this is going to produce joy. These guys know what they're talking about. And even Jesus has said, you will have peace in me. The world has troubles, not to worry, because I've overcome the world. Jesus, Peter, Paul and James, they know what they're talking about. They really do. Humble ourselves, they say. 
If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, you know the verse, this is a turning away from our own thinking, right? It's a turning and a submitting, humbling under God's thinking. But this, this is an active thing. This isn't something you sort of waft into accidentally. Oh, look, look, I'm humbled and submitted. How did that happen? Oh, great, that was easy. That's not. It's intentional. It's an intentional and a repetitive and a daily thing. Each day. Every day. It's a discipline. Each day we need to discipline to humble ourselves and allow his work in our hearts. We need to allow the potter to shape and mould as he sees fit in the way that he knows we need the outcome to be. But that means thinking differently about the event, about the things that are happening. This is an opportunity for growth. Let's ask ourselves, instead of cowering under the terror of it all, how can I grow in this? How can I be a leader in our time, our families, in our communities? What is God calling us to in such a time as this? And then allow his work in our hearts, lay it down, lay down our own will and allow the trouble. Not that we really have a lot of choice. <laughs> you know, there are some things I can control and there's some things that I can't. There's some things I would like to control. But I trust that God has them in hand. God is still in control. He is. He is still in control. And as we invariably swing between the two, as our endurance uh, develops, like, let me out and God, please be with me in this. And he is. Know that he is. Much like Peter, when we encounter the storm, we're apt to take our eyes off of Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and look at the storm, to look at the troubled waters, wondering where we are and how we are not yet sinking. And when we think like that, we're putting those visualizations straight into our minds. If you're picturing yourself being overcome about sinking down, you'll start to feel those emotions. Our brains believe the images we put in. So if you put those images in, those are your thoughts going in, your emotions will be affected. And then we start living and acting out of those emotions, which we know we shouldn't be doing. We should be acting out of our faith in Jesus, right? But as we start to live out of these emotions of fear, because what we're looking at in our mind's eye is how this trouble is going to overtake us. But Jesus has said, I've overcome the world. So, instead, let's stop picturing the waves taking us down and start picturing ourselves walking on the smooth water, imagining the good outcomes as we walk towards keeping our eyes on our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, our author and perfecter of our faith who gives us peace, perfect peace. Troubles are always going to precede the growth of our faith and our endurance. If we're seeking to experience God's miracles and we want to see God really move, then we first need to find ourselves in a hardship that requires a miracle. If you're needing, wanting to see healing, then you've first got to be sick. If we're after streams in the desert to quench our thirst, then we've first got to be thirsty, wandering in the desert. If we want to see God and experience his miracles, he comes through the troubles, not by sidestepping them. As we learn to go to depend on him, oh, we learn to depend on him, not through an easy life, but by having to fall into his arms and finding that after that initial, uh, that he catches us. This trust building is how we let our endurance grow. 
will you play that trust game? Will you tip back? Can you fall back? The person doesn't catch you at the first little lean back. You've got to fall quite a wee way before somebody catches you, right? And it's, it's the, the biggest accomplishment and the biggest sense of trust is the biggest when the fall is the furthest, right? So the point of that game is that the, the waiting for the catch actually helps us to learn to trust. And so if God, if God never had to catch us, how much would our trust really be worth? Would we really trust him? The trust is developed in the times when we are falling. The troubles grow our endurance and our peace if we let it. So for the last part of this set of verses. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. This is reminiscent of Paul in Philippians 11, 4, verse 11 to 13, where he says, Not that I was ever in need, not that I was ever in need, for I have learnt how to be content or peaceful with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learnt the secret, this sounds enticing, the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Where did Paul learn to find that contentment and peace? Christ. How did he learn to be content no matter what? Do you think the first time that he went out and he had to go without, he was like, have your stomach full? I don't care, I don't mind, I got this. I'm good, I'm good. Doubt it. He's human like us and he was trained. He learnt it. It was a discipline, a daily discipline. He went through the process that James is talking about. And when Paul's endurance was fully developed, he was perfect and complete, needing nothing. Not that I was ever in need, he says. We usually try to avoid pain, to get out of troubles, to escape. But this isn't very biblical, really. Biblical is that we go through the trials, the pains, because they develop our endurance and will be made perfect and complete. And God knows that there's much greater joy on the other side of troubles than by avoiding them. Which doesn't feel true right in the moment, in the middle of the trial, but it is. But have a talk to those who have been through many trials. And if you can't get out to talk to anybody, have a quick look through your Bible. You'll meet a whole host of mentors that God has given us. And the overwhelming consensus is over thousands of years is that there is joy on the other side if we allow it. When we submit our wills to God, we come, we become increasingly aware that this world and all its troubles and blessings are all temporary. They're a shadow. We submit to God's will and all else falls aside. True troubles as horrible as they are, teach us this. They show us that there is no other place to go. As the disciples responded to Jesus after he had given a harsh word and lots of other followers had left, and he asked them, will you leave too? Their response was, Lord, to whom shall we go? Or as Job, a man well acquainted with troubles, writes in chapter 13, verse 15, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. Or in the new living, God might kill me, but I have no other hope. God will allow you into places where you realise he is the only hope. And when this happens, it develops endurance and trust in God so that you can learn how to humble yourself under the hands of the potter and find complete joy and peace in him. That the troubles are not being done to us, but for us, because we have a sovereign Lord who presides over the whole of everything 
That's the mind shift of James's challenge here in these few verses, that we are safe. But there is but one safe harbour. Troubles teach us this. Troubles <coughs> can take all else until all we have left is God. And then as we fall back into him, trusting him, then we can truly see he is enough. Which really was the whole point. So I just want to finish with a couple of verses, beautiful verses, which seem to be a bit of a theme song for the year, if you will. <coughs> so we're looking at Psalm 91, verses 1 to 2. So Psalm 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Beautiful. Thanks for allowing me to share with you all. And can I encourage you to keep up your routines, your daily times with God, and find joy in the opportunities to develop in these times under the skillful hand of the potter. Thank you, and God bless.